What misconceptions did you have about the stage you're in now? <laughs> I had to try to, th- I was like, this one's got to be a clear one. I got to just go right down the middle. You know? And everything. It, and, and it could be good or bad, right? But it's like... <laughs> everything. Hey, cause I would say this to, to the viewers at home. <laughs> you know, you literally don't have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. No idea. Oh, Lord, Jensen made another one. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're talking about the change in the guard in hip-hop. With that said, there is a wealth of talent emerging from every corner of the map who are taking different paths of stardom and embracing different sounds to get there. And joining us to talk about that path are two of my favorite acts that are out right now. First up is Mavi, and next up is Simba, man. How you guys doing today? What's good, yeah, man? man. Appreciate you I never know how you guys feel when we have these conversations about the next generation, the new generation. Um, I feel like for y'all, actually, I don't know what it's like to be y'all, but do you guys feel that way? Like, do you guys feel like, do you feel like I'm an artist just making my stuff, or do you feel sort of the, like, not the history of rap, but like you're doing something, you're carrying the torch? For me, it happens in moments. Um, because sometimes as an artist, as you climbing, especially as you're gaining success, you start kind of losing touch with society. Like, you know what's going on within the culture. Oh, okay. Right? But you're not really around a bunch of people all the time. Like, you're not riding in the car with four or five of the homies. You're kind of in the drive with got the driver now. Or you're not going to the studio 30 deep no more. You know what I mean? Mm. So you don't really know everything that's being said or how people are receiving things. So when you go out or you get around those moments, like I remember I was hanging with Dave Chappelle <laughs> one time, right? And he was just like, bro, you the future. And it, it hit me in that moment, right? I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I am. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, kind of doing something. But it, it, yeah. it's moments like that that let you know, like, okay, I am a part of this thing now that I used to want to be a part of. Yeah, Bobby, for yourself, how does it feel? Definitely, like, um, like, like you were saying, like, just those moments of feeling inducted into like the brotherhood, sisterhood, familyhood, this whole thing, and seeing a lot of stuff up close in real life that you never imagined seeing like mm. not not that it make me feel like I'm taking nobody place necessarily but I'd be honored that I'm one of the people that is tasked with being responsible for this thing mm. you know what I'm saying that's the thing that make me uh, feel like that is not a misnomer in the next generation like when people look at me and talk to me like I'm responsible for this shit going mm. forward this thing going forward I have like not glimpses of that, but like, um, it's like, we'll do this. And not that this is normal for me, right? Because it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm fans and then y'all just be here and I be doing this. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like, I like zoom out one day. Like, happens a couple times a year and I'm like, oh, that did happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not, that's not like the most normal thing, yeah. right? And it feels, but I also understand the seat I'm in, right? Like, to like carry that torch. But it's also different. In many ways, I think when I first got in, I was trying to do things like people that I'd seen before me mm. do things, right? Which is kind of impossible. Like, I remember talking to um, Angie Martinez from High 97, like, legendary. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, like, well, Angie, you had this moment, and you had this moment, and you had this one. She's like, but you're not going to have those moments. Like, I was, bro, I interviewed Pac, like, when mm-hmm. it was in the height of, like, East Coast, West Coast beef. Yeah. It's not going to be like that for you. So I say all that to say, 
How do you guys sort of like look out into the landscape and plot where you go, what you want to do? Is it looking at other people? Is it being more in touch with who you all are? It's definitely for me about comparing it to like where I come from. Because like what you were saying with the Angie Martinez example, looking generations above or looking at what influenced me to get into this as something to replicate is an impossible task. Like that was something I had to accept really early on because my timing with how I'm doing things and the timing of the world and what the world need from me is different than like mm. what I needed from the world that like put this whole hip hop thing into me. So it's more about me comparing in terms of like where I find my way within the time scale of this whole thing is how I know my artists that I looked up to generations before was, which is to look at what I'm doing now in the continuum of like my family history. Mm. And what a generation, what my mom and my daddy had to go through for me to exist, what their mom and daddy had to go through. All the ways that people had to defer their dreams for me to like exist yeah, in this yeah, way, yeah. you know? That was a, a a great way of putting it, bro. That was the first time I ever heard somebody break that down like that. I got to shake your head for that. Because I, I would say the same thing, right? Um, I grew up, like we was talking about earlier, Hove, my favorite rapper. Right, uh, Meek Mill, um, Nipsey Hussle, uh, Jada Kiss. Mm. So I feel like I represent That's that right. lineage. It's a li- mm. it's a cultural yeah. lineage for sure. Yeah. So it's feel, I, I feel like at times like it's certain things I can't do or can't say because I represent. You know what I mean? This lineage, yeah, and, yeah. and I, I'm I'm helping keeping this alive for real. Um, but I go through that battle of, okay, how can I? integrate what I want to say or integrate this in a new way or find new ways to present it to the world. But definitely what bro just broke down is like looking at what you come from and how you can keep that alive and best represent that in your own way. Mm-hmm. Does it feel right? Like I even think about sometimes like what advice or what guidance can look like, but how that can get tripped up generationally. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause um, for anything, I think for our, just our time, it's much more wide open today than it was yesterday. Yeah. And for you all as artists, it's a completely different landscape present than it would have been three years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Um, from when you all started to what you're looking at now, how do you all sort of navigate the like constantly changing business, rules, you know, the landscape of uh, the art of, of rap? Yeah, for me personally, man, um, something I've been doing in my last two months is uh, getting around people with real experience, mm. people who do it, right? A lot of people in the studio every day making songs, but they ain't making hits and can't tell you how to make one. Me personally, I never had a number one record, but I'm going to get one. Mm. And in order for me to get one, I have to go sit down and have conversations and get around the people that's didn't do it. Mm. So if you want to become a rapper, right, you go get around rappers and learn how to do it. If you want to work a job at uh wherever it may be right you got to intern and work your way up and prove you fit for this position and you get experience from people who do do it so me personally um i'm looking for the access and the information more than i am anything these days Mm -hmm. so i can know how to go take that back to the drawing board and apply where i needed to apply to get those results that the ones before me have can I ask you real quick, what was the thing in the last two months that made that shift or like made you be like, oh, I want to do this? I was working with a songwriter. Mm. I was working with a songwriter and um, he was showing me uh, 
basically like what like like how to just make the catchiest hooks in the world, right? And how like we overlook things as rappers and artists sometimes. That's like the basic line Simple that everybody thing. relates to. Yeah. Right. And I watched them do it for six hours over and over and over and over and over to where I seen, oh, his mind is trained to do this the same way Steph Curry's mind is trained to pull from half court and it's yeah. gonna go in because he didn't done it so many times. So by seeing that, I was like, okay. There is scientists in this business yeah. that understand this is scientifically the way to get to the goal. Mm. Let me go learn from these people. Mobby, mm. for you, it's same thing. The game is so wide open. How do you sort of, uh, how do you navigate in that way? Because there's a lot of freedom, right? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I tune out a lot of advice because I feel like one thing I always tell the homies, we were just talking about it, like, when I go into the studio saying, or when I've seen people go into the studio saying, we gonna make this kind of record, or we gonna make a record for this, or make a record for that, it sucks. It never goes like, clean. Yeah? Like, talk about the old people again. Think about what your grandparents play at the cookout. Some song might be about heartbreak. Some song might be about being happy. Some song might be about having sex with another man, woman. Like, all of these things that make a classic is no one thing. Mm -hmm. So I try to lean away from like leaning toward any one particular piece of advice. But my central philosophy, my friend Earl Sweatshirt told me one time, he sat me down, it was my first trip to LA. He sat me down and he said, Mavi, you can't be underground. Being underground is weak as fuck. He said, if you feel like you got something worth saying, and a lot of niggas is not saying that, the eyes, the ears, what this industry runs on is fuel for the propaganda machine. And whether you put your input into the propaganda machine or not, it's going to run. So Ooh. my thing is like making sure my contribution is in the propaganda machine. I get it. Always. Yeah. And being aggressive about making my propaganda a morsel that's edible to like the masses for one. Something that's like like candy sweet and, mm -hmm. and attractive and appealing to the masses. And number three, when my business is tight enough where I'm always in the front of the line to put my input in the propaganda machine. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so that 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 like define my aggression. That like that where people they heal that they die on is, oh, I want to do this so different that I'm I'm finna divest from this thing completely. Man. It's like yeah. I want this thing to be done different. So every part of the machine gotta have my fingerprints on it. Y'all saying real shit. We were very early on in the podcast. Yeah. This <laughs> gonna be a good one. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying is like, um, if this thing is flowing this way, mm -hmm. why would you not be present, right? Why would you not why would you exclude yourself from it? Um to not, you know, to not add your voice in, especially if you feel a way about it. Right. right. If you drop one one fucking droplet of dye in a river that leads to the ocean, mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna see my not I'm not gonna see my droplet disappear and have faith that it's gone. Like I know my one droplet getting in the ocean. So I'm trying to dump my dye into the river. Mm. But yeah, no. And not even that like uh unplugging is bad or that it's not a time and a place for it, but I feel like I gotta earn that. And mm. I think that's also what he was saying. Like, don't don't deem yourself this thing that's higher mm -hmm. than the program mm -hmm. before you ever even got that, in the dirt. That's where a lot of people go wrong. Yeah, a lot of people go wrong because it's like they get comfortable. 
Mm-hmm. They get comfortable and don't understand. It's like, like I be hearing certain people talk, bro, and they be talking about some of these legends. Like I be in the studio with certain rappers and they be talking bad about legends, right? And it's like, like you talking about somebody with fifty one number one records calling him. Uh, he washed, OG. Yeah, he yeah. watched the yeah, yeah. bro. He got fifty number ones. You ain't got <laughs> one. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. he honestly, I mean, obviously, know something you don't know. Mm. Let's go figure out what that is, so we could dump your die into the right. river. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? To get yeah. you fifty two number ones, <laughs> right, and then you yeah. could you could say whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah, yeah. My then right. you could be eligible to have an opinion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But it's just some people. <laughs> Running with opinions like they facts. Yeah. And that's the part that frustrates me is like, this is your opinion and your way of viewing things. Mm. I could turn this to a totally demographic who has nothing, no information on what you're talking about, and they could see this thing a whole nother way. way. Yeah. And that's why I be telling people like, a lot of like the social media infrastructure today depend on the fact that sometimes people would rather discredit somebody's emotion and say, oh, they ain't really that because they, what, what? Exactly. Then, like, develop a, a way to create their own motion exactly. to that degree. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's exactly. a matter of dedication at the end of the day. Like you were saying, that artist that got 51 number one hits, whether the number one hits suck to you or are good to you, bro, in order to take 51, 51. to get, you, you done Come been on. working That's 30 crazy. years. You dedicated your life Come to on. this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come you on. dedicated your life to this. <laughs> and so when it's that, like, that, that's what that's what stick out to me first and foremost before I put any of my judgments in. The dedication. You know? Thanks. I'm curious for you all. I mean, I sometimes I, like, I'm weary about having these, early, these discussions, like, who are your influences? Because mm-hmm. that's like, you're going to get that question a lot. You guys mm-hmm. have all been around just long enough to have had that in every interview. Mm-hmm. But I am curious. Like, do, are there... Are there moments that you're in now in the state that you're in, in this current stage as an artist where um, there are people's careers or moments or the art they made or the way they conducted themselves that made you be like, I like that. You know what I mean? And it's and it's serving this moment, not the like the Mavi or Simba interview two mm-hmm. or three years ago, present day. That's a good one. Yeah. They don't ever ask you guys once, once you get started, you know, you don't get that question about again. Today. I think for me, what I'm starting to realize is I never really had influencers. I had mentors that didn't know me mm. or I didn't know. I'm on right? that. Because it's it's people who I looked at as like a, someone I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then I got to a level they was at and I didn't want to be that person no more. Mm-hmm. Right. And I realized oh, I just wanted to be a piece of what I thought this person was. Yeah. And then you reach new goals and then you get new people to look up to Mm -hmm. right so um the one consistent person who's been as someone to look up to and been a mentor for me that i've never met is Mm jay-z through every goal i've reached i've hit something to where i've seen something jay-z talk about Mm -hmm. no matter and i'm still climbing and i'm finding out things jay-z was talking about and 2001. Some of them have aged crazy well. Crazy. Like, how? As I reach new goals, I yeah. find different mentors or people I look up to depending on where I'm at and where I'm trying to go. Heck yeah. Like, to that point, like, one thing you was talking about earlier was, like, uh, lineage, like, cultural lineages. And I feel like I'm definitely, like, just based on, like, when my daddy was playing when we was riding around in the car, like, in the Ghost, like, Ray, Nas, doing yeah. mm-hmm. kind of lineage but then 
like recently, not recently, but like when I when I grew into my own coming age, like 13, 14, 15, that's when it started being like the doom lineage of today, which is like the Vince Staples, Mac Miller, mm-hmm. Earl, Al, all of these guys. Mm-hmm. And then also like future informed and thug informed. Mm. And like people who I feel like is real geniuses and like redesigning the way a whole wing of this hip hop thing has been done. Mm-hmm. But more recently, like um, in the last few years, what I've been growing attached to is like Rakim, Hove, and Nip in terms of, and Nas. Because mm. what I admire about them is composure. Like mm. they're the essence of composure. My mama always used to say, act like you used to shit, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those guys represent being used. They they seem like this not their first time doing it, mm. even on their first time doing it. Yeah. They were too cool. The further I done got into my own journey, I've learned that that come from a place not of just confidence, but of preparedness, mm. you know? And I want to build myself up to where I can move through any room with that essence of, like, assuredness within myself. And that's something that comes from within. That's something yeah. you don't even feel while it's happening. Mm. You just could watch back and be like, dang, you know? That's so true, bro, um, that you said that because I think most people look at it as they got supreme confidence, but it's like, nah, they're supremely prepared. Mm. Mm. We feel to look good and feel good doing it. You can't really do that without preparing. Like, Facts. I'm finna go on my first tour. Yeah. Um, Congrats. This month. Thank Congratulations. You, thank you. Bro. I've been running two miles a day. Yeah. Every day. Like, I'm going to give you a secret, it, but I'm not telling you this to tell you to stop running a mile. Uh, Keep running a mile. <laughs> um, I just got off my first tour uh-huh. literally two months ago. Uh-huh. Just got off my first tour. Congrats to you too, man. You get into a rhythm. Yeah, no, by, by show, when I when I went on tour with Jack Harlow, it was so difficult because like even seeing, like he was doing big rooms. So like you'd be ready to yell. Mm-hmm. and But it was like by show 15. Mm-hmm. I knew how to, yeah. like, it was clockwork. Yeah. You want to know a small world moment between us that mm. you don't know about? Mm. I seen you perform at Howard Homecoming. Oh, uh, for real? Yeah, I went to Howard. That was the roughest show I ever had to do. Damn. Think so? Roughest show I, was, I ever had I to do. Why? Um, few reasons. One, I was in the midst of being on tour, mm. right? And in the midst of being on tour, it was a bunch of people there to see me and join her every night. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's people there excited to see me. Uh, okay. I felt like when I got there, he was fighting. I was fighting a little bit because they didn't know me that much yet, you know. And then it kept being like incidents happening. It was like four people that passed out in the yeah, crowd in like, like hey, the middle of three different songs. Yeah. So I kept having to stop. Then I didn't know when to start up again or if I was being insensitive or not. Yeah. You know, yeah, so man. it was it was really just kind of like a rough thing to get through. But one thing I could tell you as a, as being an audience member, and I learned this from being on tour with Jack, because like he make very different music that is ostensibly for a very different audience to me. And I felt like on night one, like, well, I hope they rock with me at all. Mm-hmm. One thing is that you be up there rapping for real. Mm-hmm. So like, what you need to look for in an audience member rocking with you, sometimes it's even invisible Yeah, because it's going on up here. And then the other thing is, regardless of who anybody's there to see, if they there to see live music and you go up there and you get them live music, bro, 
a grand majority of them is going to hear you out. No, you for know? sure. Because I got a lot part. of people yeah. that hit me that was like, bro, great performer. Literally. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I thought they, you know what I mean? But it was a great experience. It was a great experience for sure. But that's that's crazy. That was cool. Was, was, it, was it wild having that, right? Because I, I think if you came to that fresh without having the tour at all, you might have been like, ah, I might be fighting for my life, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, especially like festivals and shit like that. Mm -hmm. where yeah. it's the, but you come in the middle of a tour where you're like, they're here for us. Yeah. So it's like the us, 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 some new shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All yeah. right. And then you got to get back into like, all right, us, uh, you know? Yeah. The good thing about it is I feel like the artist I was two years ago, I'd have been discouraged, mm. right? But the artist I was in that time and the artist I am now, um, it was a, a learning experience, right? So yeah. I learned new ways to get the crowd going without them knowing, may, possibly knowing this song. Right. You know what I mean? I learned to stop this early and start freestyling. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got right to, I cut like three other songs I was supposed to do and jump to the freestyle. Right. So I learned kind of like how to adjust to being on stage when certain things ain't going my way. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That's like the biggest wisdom I gained on tour for sure. Yeah. But you're going you gonna to realize, like, after about... Because the first two, three days, you come out, you you excited as hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you jumping everything. You <laughs> jumping in the crowd. You sweating out. By the time you get to the third show, you're like, damn, there's a better way to go about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a better way to jump. Let me time the jump. And for how long I'm going to jump <laughs> on this part of the song, <laughs> then I'm going to walk down into the crowd to catch my Save breath. My while breath. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Shot like, you start... Yeah, you start figuring it out. But the first two ones, you just, you up there <laughs> excited, God. getting it going. Are there things specific to this time that we're in and that you all are in as artists that have made you resilient that feel unique to this time? Like, it could be dealing with social media. It could be dealing That's with a global audience, you know, like, but what is that thing and how is it sort of like um, made you better? I would say for me, being a true rapper in it, time where people don't really care about rap mm -hmm. and finding out how to make them care mm. and um i've i can't give you all the secrets <laughs> i know my man got some i know he knows some of the secrets because he's sitting on this couch um but one of the secrets too that is social media right and sometimes we as rappers abandon social media because it's become a part of the process to help elevate us mm -hmm. right and it's something we didn't have to do before before you just go print up some cds and, dish and, it and out. people can villainize it too because the old has been man i ain't doing that yeah shit. i'm not I ain't doing have to do that yeah shit. yeah yeah and i think that's the, a bad way of looking at things mm -hmm. i think as life evolves, you got to kind of grow with it you know and i remember when tiktok first came out i actually lost my first deal because of tiktok Right. How um, so? I was signed to Columbia Records and they was going through a regime change at the time mm -hmm. to where the people who brought me in left, went somewhere else. And the people who came in was basing their structure off TikTok mm. artists. Oh, and okay. I wouldn't conform to doing a TikTok or whatever. Right. But what I learned was I don't necessarily have to be on TikTok while being on TikTok. So I can go find the influencer or I can find somebody that has a following and go rap on their page and bring awareness to mine mm. or put my song in somebody else's post or freestyle and put it on another page and bring traffic back to me. Yeah. But if I just say, 
F TikTok as a whole, I'm abandoning a whole audience of people that could be learning about me. Yeah. So um, I would definitely say for me is making people actually want to sit and listen to rap in a mm-hmm. time to where it's kind of not the thing people want to listen to. Yeah, similar to that point. Actually, how I got hip to you was um, your two freestyles that, the LA leakers and yeah. and and the, and, the, and the flex when you went stupid. Yeah, but all that to say, one thing I realized again on my first tour, it was me, Jack Harlow, Babyface Ray, and Babyface Ray is probably like my favorite rapper right now. Yeah, mm. shout and, out um, to Ray. Shout out to Face Man. But shout out to the Wavy Gang, GT, Los Nutty, all them. But I realized like I was getting off stage and they would be like getting ready to go on stage. And he'll be like, bro, your shit hard, and I'll be like, huh, like. Y'all got the chains on. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, what this rap thing is about is less about do you rap about selling drugs or girls or watches or not. Mm-hmm. It's about can people tell that you telling the truth or not. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest things that made me resilient is the idea of not insulting people's intelligence, mm. which is that I felt sensitive around these rappers who is doing something that might have more mainstream appeal or more popular appeal now, and that is getting different kind of results from people and from the industry than I was. Mm. But these are people that my music is still accessible mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So in me feeling, acting like I'm protecting myself from some kind of slight, I'm actually slighting them as a listener and as somebody within this art form and their ability to appreciate it. Mm. And even to the point where you were saying like, uh, the freestyles is bringing the same kind of traction as like if you got on TikTok and try to do a, vi- a viral dance. Same which is that at the end of the day, rapping, we black. Like kids do this on the lunch table mm-hmm. and rap. Mm-hmm. They don't do this on the lunch table and rap about shooting and kids. They mm-hmm. just rap about what their friend's mm-hmm. name is and rhyming. Rapping. So yeah. honestly, like just staying true to that and having trust that like the people who made rap they made they made it well exactly <laughs> you know exactly. What I'm saying? exactly and so and believing in that even amongst all the noise that's been my resilience yeah nah yeah. I, I think that's real crazy thing um babyface ray actually tweeted one of my lyrics to the goat mm-hmm. just cuz you rap like you woke don't mean you dope yeah right so and in that song i'm actually rapping like i'm woke <laughs> but i'm explaining to the people what he was just saying, like, quit insulting somebody's intelligence mm. just because you hibernation, divocation, dedication, yeah. aggregation, segregation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you still ain't saying nothing that's relating to somebody. So don't knock somebody else's way of communicating to the people because it ain't as lyrical as your way may be. Right. You mm. know what I mean? So that was what that lyric was for is just because you rhyming all these words and you acting woke, that don't mean you dope to somebody that's, you know, going through something else. And yeah. even then, like, everybody informed by the same people going backwards in time. Yep. And they was all rapping yep. this way. Fact. Yeah. Just because you rap like you woke don't mean you dope. You preaching to the choir about some shit we already know, man. Niggas broke. We ain't trying to hear all that Malcolm quotes. Man, I want to jump into your individual products. It's really crazy for you all to say that because I think in the journalist space, in the media space, we do feel this thing of, like, not as rap dying, but, like, do people want to listen to rap? And to hear you both say it is like, damn, you know, because now you're not just fighting the artistic battle. You were fighting an uphill battle of like, and all of us grew up off rap, but it, the audience is changing and the world is changing. Mm-hmm. But you both dropped projects that were like really strong rapping. 
in a time when maybe not everyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say, it's not happening mm-hmm. that often, right? So I'm um, curious for you first, Simba, with results take time. Um, what was the impetus to jump out there and also to bring drama in? Um, for me, bro, it was kind of like, okay, for instance, like last night I'm watching this Richard Branson documentary on mm-hmm. HBO Max, right? Yeah. And he's like, we... Uh, God, we made Virgin Record Store when I was in college, and we had all these people coming to the store from college, and then we eventually took it into a record label. But it's like, how did you get the money to get the record store? Right. Yeah. The, how did you get from zero? To how one? did you get from there? That's why I watched those interviews. Yeah, yeah. How did you get there, right? And for me, in rap, rappers never talk about that part. Mm. We so superior with chains and juries and got the bad girls and taking trips. But you don't hear about the 30 grand we spent on the jet bringing all the homies, mm. the hotel fees. Your girl caught you cheating while you was on tour. Uh, you don't hear about that part that we go through. Yeah. And I always wish someone would give me information or some sort of blueprint when there's really no blueprint to this game. It's just what works for you. Yeah. But um, I wanted to tell my story that way of what I went through trying to just get to this point. Just to get there. You know, it's it's hard to get in this game and I'm a part of it now. Yeah. Right? I'm somewhere where if I walk through an airport, people know my name and they know a song or two. Yeah. So I'm a part of this thing. Right? But this is what I went through to get here. Program directors told me I needed a feature with somebody that was cool in 08. And yeah. we don't even know today. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> they told me I'm from the base, so I need to rap about being hyphy because it don't fit the eye. Lyric, lyricism don't fit the identity over here and mm-hmm. all these. I got to tell people these things because this is the shit they hearing on the way that they coming up. So on on the way to they come up, they hearing these things. And when they hear me say them, it's validation that they on the right path. So that was my intentions with m- making results take time to let people know, like, these are the things you're going to go to just to get the results of what you're looking for. Yeah. And um, I linked up with Drama because we was talking about it for like the last year and a half. Just let's get one, let's get one, let's get one. And then my original idea was kind of what he did with Tyler because we we oh. talked about it months before the Tyler Project came out. And when I heard the Tyler Project, I was like... Damn, he took my idea. I can't, you know, as rappers, we always feel like somebody stole our idea. <laughs> yeah. oh, he took my idea. I can't do it. But then I'm like, nah, he made the idea cool again. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he made it to where I can go put a drama on original music. And, okay, let me, let me, let me step my game up. And I sent drama some records and we got it going. Yeah. I'm curious for you also, I mean, whether it's music videos, even just like how important is your the cover of your your uh, your project. Yeah. How important is it to have a visual identity that tells the story that aligns with what you're saying? Yeah, the inspiration of it was from E40s in a major way album. Mm. So if you look at 40s album, it's a Rolex yeah. with his picture in the uh, Rolex. And for me, coming from the Bay Area, that was like an album as a kid that made me be like, I want to be a rapper. You know what I mean? And 40 was one of the first people from the Bay Area with a record deal. Mm. Um. So when I was making the cover, I'm like, where did I start from? Like, what made me want to start this thing? And it's being in the Bay Area, ride with my mom, listening to certain E-40 songs or certain Jay-Z songs. So I got the inspo from 40, and I just took pictures of me as a kid growing up and just showing the process of me growing up as a kid and where I'm at today. I ask about even Albemarle, because like you guys are checking the rap boxes 
And I'm not, there's obviously like you guys are your own individual artists and what you bring, but like some of them boxes are just really important to us. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, yo, put, put work into the cover. The cover should be just as great as the music that I'm hearing, mm-hmm. right? It's like for y'all to do that. I almost um, went as far as making a digital booklet. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that's something that's missing, right? Yeah, these yeah. producers, a lot of these producers is the song today. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like they don't get the credit they deserve. So I kind of wanted to put something together, but we was running short on time. Be like that, man. Yeah. And Bobby, for you, with your project, man, Laugh mm-hmm. So Hard It Hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the sort of impetus behind that? Like, Great so, title, by the way. Thank you, Tony. And it's given you so much, there's been so much critical acclaim for it. You I know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, my album was is bookended by like three people died in the making of the album. One person died at the beginning while I was on tour. My uncle had passed. And it was one of them crazy moments. Like, I was on tour. We were in um, El Paso, Texas. Driving from El Paso, Texas. I had just got in a crazy car accident and bro- broke my face in the middle of tour riding around with a shorty I ain't have no business mm. being with. Mm. Like, after a show. <laughs> and so I had to fly back home, get checked out. Went back to the next show, missing like one or two shows. Got back on the road. As soon as I get back on the road, my mama called me like, yeah, your uncle just passed. I'm like, damn. All right, I'm finna put my flight together. As soon as I get to El Paso, I'm finna get back home. We drive to El Paso. We on our way driving up to Anaheim. We going to do Pacific Northwest. And my mama called me. And she like, hey, you know he love you and he proud of you. And I'm like, what? She like, yeah, you don't need to come back. She was like, if you want to send something to put in the casket or whatever, you could do that. You could do that. And that was a crazy moment because I'm out here chasing this dream that, like, seemed, like, vapid and crazy, like, some lofty shit. Like, I don't work a job, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. type of occasion. And I can't even get back home to see, like, my people off. Mm-hmm. So that was a crazy one. So that's where the process began. Through that, at the end of the tour, me and my shorty went through some things where we thought we was going raised a child, ended up not being able to raise a child or whatever. And so that was the second piece. And then the third piece, in the middle of, like, at the back end of me making the album, like, literally, it was, like, damn near turned in. Like, my 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 young cousin passed, like, a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, like, two other songs was made. Me and Mitch gonna crash the car. We shed those tears on the highway. Me and Isaiah did the same. Then he went his, I went my way. I'm off the barrier, another angel. I ain't think that could die. When I feel things be surprised, I'm dry. I ain't think I could cry. A lot of my best days in my life, like, I gave the best show of my life in Houston mm. my first time back after breaking my face. Mm-hmm. And then I heard that somebody passed. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, me going through this thing with my girl literally is what, like, I felt like I would never rap again. I feel like it had been too long. I feel like people ain't want to hear me. And when I was in there taking care of her and shit, like, that's, I wrote nine songs in, like, two weeks just in there over her, like, making hot compresses and shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm on my way back from Atlanta, really excited, paying the publicist, getting the marketing roll out for the album, and then I hear this last thing. So it's basically, the whole concept is just, like, how the best, mm. just like, you know how that book says, it's the best of times, it's the, the worst, worst of times. times. Yeah. And so, like, Literally, that like me chasing this smile is not going to escape the pain. You know what I'm saying? Every step that I take, like away from where I come from, that shit is tied to me at the ankle. Mm-hmm. It's a loss to come with every game. And um, yeah, that's that's basically what the album was about. Because you know, sometimes I even feel guilty about being able to do this. But then when I account for 
what everybody has went through and what I've gone through to be able to do this, it starts seeming like more worth it, more mm. deserving. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's Damn. deep, bro. Yeah. That's real deep. Musically, um, there's a level of cohesion here in your project that is like, there's a lot of different styles on it. Hell yeah. What's that work to make your process cohesive? And I'm curious for both of you. It feels like that's something that, I'm not going to say came back, but like the same way you guys are like, yo, you're rapping in the spirit in an environment where maybe everyone isn't rapping. Mm. There's been like a, a stronger attention on like the album setup, the everything, the cohesive sound of the music. Like there's, that's a theme that I feel like is more present in the last maybe like four or five years that maybe was missing at the top of the decade, like the early 2010s or something. Mm. One thing I hated about listening to music coming up, listening to an album, is when the song, like, like it'd be, like, silence in between the songs. Mm -hmm. I hate that. Like, when you could tell they made every song of the album separately, mm -hmm. I hate that. So at the end of every album process, I squish it together, and I rearrange stuff to where it all fit like a puzzle and where it feel like a journey, where at the beginning you feel fresh. At the end, right when you start getting tired, they get tired with you, and then they refresh you back mm -hmm. again. Um, just like appealing to like a living listener I took stuff out I added songs like days before like just to make it a full round object I be thinking of it like when you're doing pottery and you're trying to make something a circle you gotta just keep your hands on it while it's spinning Ooh. you know mm. what I'm saying if you listen to my project it's kind of like a a, a stop and go thing right mm -hmm. like only the only cohesiveness I feel to results take time is the subject matter yeah. Right. Um, because I feel like what we was talking about is hard to get people to listen to a full album of just rap. Which is so crazy. On the, so in the intro, I rap, but the second song, I'm doing melody. Yeah. I'm still rapping about what I rap about <clears throat> and keeping it within the context. Next song, I rap. Next song after that, it's something for the club. Mm. You know what I mean? So right when you get a rap song or two, it's something that turn you up or something that make you move a little different or something yeah. that keeps you into the listening experience of it. So I intentionally did it that way. I intentionally put certain songs to where if I felt like I was rapping too much at the end of this, I put something to just bring you back to one of these and move a little mm -hmm. bit, you yeah. know. Um, but that takes time, too, because like he's saying, I hate hearing space. So I bring in certain um, producers to play an interlude or play something mm -hmm. that goes into the next song so it just doesn't feel like something random's coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I really fuck with that about your album. Like, whether it's like the, like the joints like where it's like, shit, nigga just can't get right. Yeah. And then that's like something that's like, you coming up, you need to hear that. Yeah. But then it's the one for the ladies where it's like, Damn, I'm tired of waiting for this and yeah, this. Yeah. And even how push rap about like, oh, I went, I went at six. And yeah, every, like yeah. everything is about progression, progression, even if it's from different angles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I really like that. Bro. Nah, thank you, bro. I'm not gonna say a generation, but in the, the class of artists that you guys are in now, the the time period we're in, there's a level of introspection, whether it comes from uh, the subject matter, like mm -hmm. actually thinking about yourself, whether it comes from thinking about the listener. Like you said, like, you know, a, a live listener. Never really heard that term before, but there's like a level of um, thought that doesn't feel like it's like, even if you're making records, it's like, all right, here's one with bounce. Here's one that makes you feel this way. You're not checking the boxes to do it. In mm. that way, it's not like, all right, here's this record. You're not, you guys aren't mailing it in in a way. I'm curious where that 
intentionality comes from? Because I imagine in the beginning, like, you're making music and you're not really, like, what audience is there, mm -hmm. right? Like, you're making it because you want to make it. But then you get an audience and there's a level of intention and care that you guys are taking for them, whether it's the way um, the album art, whether mm -hmm. it's sticking to the subject matter, making it cohesive. Even as you both are talking, you both are putting yourself in the shoes of the listener mm -hmm. or the audience. Mm -hmm. You guys have done this the whole conversation. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that feels like something that's happening more now. Yeah, because it's like, I don't care what nobody say, bro. Motherfuckers <laughs> be lying when they be saying that. Oh, I make music for me shit. Yeah. Bro, You nobody wants to be the only person listening to their music. Mm. Nobody makes music just to go in their car and listen to it by themselves. If you do, <laughs> I'm sorry for saying you don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I've never really seen that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I go through two different processes while making music as a whole right mm. so right now i have no intentions on dropping a project but i am going to be dropping music ep so on and so forth right but i go through this process where i need an audience in the studio in the beginning mm. right so i have like 50 people in the studio bro right girls random computer technician over there you know what i mean and i just start playing beats and i'm watching how they move to the beat before I even come up with a song to it. So if certain beats come on, a girl will just start <laughs> yeah. moving. You know what I mean? So that lets me know this how the average person going to receive this. Mm. So then I could take that, right? And I take certain conversations. I was in the studio with this one girl. She like, I can't mess with a dude that work a job. I need a street nigga. That's how I made... She want street nigga. If I don't get the head first, can't sleep with it. She got miles on the side, can't be with it. But I go through that process of seeing what it is, take what I want from that, and I go get one myself and me and my crew, and we write everything out and put it the way, construct everything how we want it to be. Um, so for me, I live with the listener for a little bit. Damn. I go to the club with them. I go eat with them. You know, I go in their house and see what the ashtray on the table looking like, the, yeah. the Yeezy slides they putting on to walk the Pomeranian. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm living with them, and then I go write that out in the music. Mm. That's smart as fuck. Bobby, what about for you, man? That shit was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. When you start talking about the ashtray, oh my God, I'm, I'm with you, bro. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just gave me some game. How, how to run this program. <laughs> no, but uh, for me... It'd be about, so this album I did in two sessions. I recorded the whole thing in L.A. I live in Charlotte. So basically, I'm flying five, six hours to do sessions. I'm living at the studio basically two, three weeks at a time. And I go home. So when I go home, like, I'm not listening to nothing I made. Mm -hmm. So when I go back two, three weeks later, it's like I'm hearing everything for the first time. Mm. And then... You ever, like, had that, like, when you wake up in the studio next morning mm -hmm. type of vibe? You like, what the fuck was mm -hmm. that? Or, like, hey, no, nah, that was that actually was hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just keeping fresh ears on it from myself is what, like, made me believe that I wasn't doing no weird shit type of deal. Or I listen to majority of music that don't sound nothing like what I'm trying to make. Mm. So the things that I look for Sometimes it could just be a moment. That's kind of why TikTok is so hot right now. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, a lot of times in rap, it's about moments. Mm -hmm. um, I remember Future always say this in his interviews. He say, it's about the vibes. Mm -hmm. And I, at first, I didn't understand what he mean. Mm -hmm. But like, if you rapping about 
I just jumped out of Maybach with this woman wearing this. I feel like this. I might be intoxicated with this. That's literally what the song is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if if you're trying to rap about your real life, it's about the moment. So I'm listening to music for what's the two second part of how this nigga just say something right fast. Mm. That bring me back to the song every time. I knew the perk was fake, but I still <laughs> ate it because yeah. I'm a grimmer. <laughs> with the little moments. And so I'm trying to, I'm like trying to like, I'm trying to make straight drop like, like where all of these little moments are like, Pure. I'm trying to make hair on. Like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's crazy he's saying that because I've just learned that being on tour with results take time and mm. I'm applying what he's talking about in the new stuff I'm creating right now. Mm. Those moments, those, feeling it from yeah. people. Like it's those moments where it's like you ever be listening to like a, uh, like a Drake and 21 album, right? Mm-hmm. And come on, he was like, should we go to the club? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then it just come on 21. Can you then <laughs> yeah, just yeah. stop in the middle of the song? Hey, blah, 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 and the beat change. Yeah. It's the moments. What misconceptions did you have about the stage you're in now? <laughs> <laughs> I had to try to, th- I was like, this one's got to be a clear one. I got to just go right down the middle. You know? <laughs> and everything. It, and, and it could be good or bad, right? But it's like. <laughs> everything. Hey, cause I would say this to, to the viewers at home. <laughs> you know, you literally don't have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. No idea. It's like watching TV. It's like watching Grey's Anatomy or like watching Tom Cruise. Is he is Tom Cruise in Top Gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like watching Top Gun and being like, oh, I know how Tom Cruise is. Like, bro, you, you don't have no clue. You got no, no idea. clue, bro. This thing is, it's a, it's a glamour industry. And that and it, and I'm not even taking this in as just regular everything you see is fake type of way. But I'm saying like what come behind stuff? What's the difference between you doing this and you doing this? It's stuff like you just listening to music on the radio, you don't even know exists. My mama asked me, um, I told her, yeah, I'm going to LA for an interview. She say, um, so what's the interview gonna be about? And I said, What do you think it's gonna be about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, music, but like, what about it? And I was like, Music, <laughs> like, so, like she, that, it, it blew her mind. Like my album dropped in October, it blew her mind that I would go anywhere to do an interview at this point. Mm. Wait, how so? Because mm. she's just like, oh, it happened. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like she doesn't get it. Like, yo, this is my, this is a whole life thing. Like, it's, yeah. A, yeah. it's my life. Like the follow through on, <laughs> and what's the difference making between someone who is a hard worker and a, and a struggler and a grinder in this industry? And somebody who might be a little more talented in certain ways, a little more lucky, or a little bit more magnetic. Mm-hmm. You only see that once you get into the workspace type yep. of occasion. Mm. Um, and I always try to make sure I'm on the right side of that that balance. But no, nah, bro, I, literally no part of what I thought this thing would be, it is. Yep. But I love it more for what it is than what I thought it was. Mm. This is something that, like you said, it's a science to. Mm-hmm. It's a skill to. It's an input-output kind of system where everything I got, I can honestly say I put in 10 times, 15 times to get it. Mm-hmm. And I'll put that back in to to go, go back to zero to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. And, like, being that it worked like that, it worked like that, obviously, once you already in the fraternity, mm-hmm. in the sorority. Mm-hmm. But once I got in and I seen that's how it worked, that's, that's all I got to do is is grind. All I got to do is care. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is put in. All right, bet. Like, so yeah, I used to think it was about 
different things, though, mm. for sure. Yeah. You used to think it's about how you look, how popular you are. Yeah, yeah. My dumb ass just used to think it was about being dope. <laughs> so, so I just dope thought people. it was about being dope. <laughs> and then I realized the music industry was designed to capitalize on artists. Mm. It's somebody in your pocket at every corner. Yeah. A booking agent, a manager, a road manager, a talent scout, a creative director, a executive producer, a producer, a writer. It's all these different things that literally pull from you. And if you don't go to the studio and create nothing, they got nothing to pull from. Once you tack that industry on the music, that that... It's it a gets whole different. Thing. Yeah. A lot of a lot of us just be making music and we be having fun. Mm-hmm. It just be fun. It be the homies. Little thoughts then came through for the day. <laughs> Somebody then hit one upstairs, came down, rapped about it. You know, we having fun in the crib. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you attach the industry to it, mm. and Stop it get like, oh, I I I didn't know this. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Like I thought that rapper was. Really a gangster. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he <laughs> really would shoot me if I step on his shoe. Like, I didn't know. He went to private school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A suburban community, <laughs> and his nice dad's guy. a marketing guru <laughs> that's worth millions. And, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's mine, too. Like, I realized, bro, like how you said it's designed to capitalize off the rapper. Bro, the, the rap nigga is getting the least money off the rap nigga 99 times out of 100. The drug dealer, the jeweler, the stripper hole in the club, the publicist. The flights. <laughs> the, the airlines. The travel agent. The CEO of the label. The he homies. Put, he, he gonna put so many people kids through school before he put his kids through school. He gonna have to sell. With his 10 million mm. records, he gonna put his kid through school. With his first 500,000 records, he'll put everybody else to school. Mm-hmm. That shit is, like, and, and and also, learning that, nigga, this shit is about advertising. Mm-hmm. The point of the rap, they don't pay the rapper, even the rapper that get a whole bunch of money from the industry directly, cash out, you cash out 30 million, 40 million for an album. Nigga, that's not just because you're so good at making music yeah. or that you're so good at making money. Facts. It's that you advertise to the audience a lifestyle that go along with what with the music. industry mm. trying to sell. Yep. The industry trying to sell liquor in the club, yep. mm. tickets to the club, yep. tickets to the show, yep. little designer clothes, like and, all of this. And, and you're the billboard for <laughs> yes. that. Mm. that. You're the voice for that. And when you and when you not worth that advertising money, when you not pulling that amount of advertising power, you're not seeing that money no more. You ain't seeing it. Not seeing it. That's why it's important to have. Like I got some great. People on my team, mm-hmm. like my big homie Donnie Meadows, Chase Fairbanks at Star Island, they tell me all the time, just save your money, pimp. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Put this up. We got this coming in. Look, pay yourself. Tuck that off. Forget about it. You know what I mean? So you got to have people in your corner because I spent a lot of money, bro, mm-hmm. just getting here. Yeah. I spent well over 600 grand mm-hmm. getting here. And I'm not, and I'm talking about studio money, like trap, buying stu- computer break, 
you know what I mean? Features, like videos that you ain't got it for. Like yeah. my my baby mom, bro, when she was in college, I was a rapper, bro. We used to take her tuition and go shoot videos with it. Mm. You know, I'm that into it. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I done went there with it. So it's like you work this hard and then you get somewhere. And then you attach the industry to it because you need all these things to help you kind of enhance what you got going on musically. Yeah. So you attach the industry to it and then you start watching just 10%, 20%, 30%, 10 And you looked up, nah, 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 nah. We got to fix this shit. Hold <laughs> on. I got to fix this. Hey, bro, you come do this job. I'm going to pay you to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start figuring it out as you go. What's been your favorite thing that you've... um? What's been your favorite thing you've picked up in this stage you're in? Like maybe something you grabs, you grasped in like the last like year, year and a half of this current stage of being an artist. Like, oh, I've seen that. And it could be business-wise. It could have just changed in your life. Knowing what people don't know is coming. Mm. Sometimes uh, as an artist, you get access to information. Um, one thing about artists is we're going to always be somebody's favorite. Right. That's for real. Uh, Nas was Mark Zuckerberg's favorite rapper. That's crazy. Right. And Mark Zuckerberg gave Nas a lot of game. And Nas is killing rap right now. At the, yes. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. very comfortable with where he at. And um, I think when you get to a certain level and you start developing certain relationship, mm. you start getting around the people that curates culture. Mm. You get around the people that make the shoe. Mm-hmm. The people that make the clothes, the people that, you know, and you start learning, well, why did you make it this way? Because people, like I was chilling with my homie uh, um, from Purple, my guy that owns the brand Purple, the jeans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he got a spot in New York, right? And he loves my music. So I, um, I went out there and I just was chilling with him one day. And I was like, when did it like all come together? He was like, bro, I was making jeans. It didn't hit really until I put the purple, the the, 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 the tag. tag on it, right? And he was, and then we went to this whole branding conversation that eventually went into this like human behavior conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that information was great for me because. I could work that in my music now. Yeah. So I know how somebody going to react based off how I say something. Or yeah. When I say something. Or how, you know what I mean? So learning, like, things people don't know is coming and kind of, like, getting in front of it before they actually find out about it. I actually can agree with that. Like, yeah. the arts being just, like, where everybody come to, like, have fun, express themselves, even people who work artistic jobs and who don't. Yeah. Even people who are artists on one half and a business person on the other half, or artists one hundred percent, or a business person one hundred percent, all come to art for this thing. Mm-hmm. What what do, what doing music has allowed me to learn? Just shit. People done sat me down and showed me a documentary. Mm-hmm. Like I'm friends with like the first black uh, black man to ever be on the news. In North Carolina. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. Like, yeah, just because I do music, like, yeah. type of, yeah. like, like, what it done allow me to be to my people, fuck, like, just my family, because my little cousin, being my little cousin favorite rapper is my mm. biggest deal. Yeah. But where, as a black person, I can move around the community 
with some authority, mm-hmm. not authority to tell somebody something, but authority to contribute. Mm-hmm. And where people feel like contributing into me is contributing into the greater whole. Mm. I mean that so many different type of people who otherwise, if I was just regular old Omavi, wouldn't have no business having no conversation with me, have given me so much like access to their understandings in exchange for just like me continuing to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And that that's like um that's ultimately one of the things beyond my own love for this thing that that keep it going. Like just mm. how many people is pouring into me who will never even touch the business outcomes mm-hmm. of what I got going on. Mm-hmm. Because they just like have a, a passing glance interest into it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yo, this shit is like this is like my favorite tempo of conversation. Like this is like the tone. Like we doing our thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um Having rapped as long as you all have rapped and reached the success you guys have reached, whether it is critical acclaim, garnering a fan base, um, touring, the, the different things you guys have changed in your career just from when you started, has it made you hear or see another artist's career differently? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. And let's, uh, maybe not someone you're like, oh, I thought they were fine and they weren't. I'd be but empathetic like, for every artist. I don't even say niggas can't rap no more. Yeah, I never say like... Mm. Like, I might say a song's weak. Yeah. I don't like that song, but I don't want to say, like, oh, he can't rap. He mm-hmm. don't got no business yeah, here. Yeah, I would never say that yeah. about nobody. Mm, yeah. Damn. I'm going to let it go ahead. You elaborate it's like, on It's that. like on some basketball shit. Like, you ever heard an NBA nigga say, like, nobody in the NBA is a scrub? It's cra- I just was about to use that as my example. That's literally, you learn yeah. that so quickly. Even, like, um... Like, when I went on Jack Harlow tour, like, I knew a lot of his more recent stuff, like, from what's popping on. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when I met, like, Two for One and the homies and learned that Jack Harlow was, like, a five-year, ten-year process yeah. to get to this point. And hearing him do the music from 2016, 2015 on tour and them going crazy for it and him performing those songs from all of those tours from year, he every time we would go to a city he would post a picture when he went to the city before and it'd be like 15 people mm-hmm. and he would pack out 1500 2800 every every night like by far that made me realize bro this thing is serious bro mm-hmm. and anybody who doing it serious and who's like abs- not absolutely just pissing the bed it's because they got a real love for this. Mm-hmm. You would you would not do this Mm-mm. at all. How much work it is and how l- little it has to do with what bring your childhood into it. If you ain't have a love for the work, and I really? I, I appreciate that about all like no literally everybody. <laughs> there's uh, it's this this rap I don't like. There's rappers I'm not a fan of, yeah. but. I think it's why, like, even over the years, very quickly, um, one, you got to pay the toll for your words, mm-hmm. right? Especially in this seat. So I realized that. But, and it's never really been my tempo. And I'm critical, so there's that. But I'll never, I'll never pan something and not give reasons. So you'll never, you can never put it in the the file of he's just hating. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is this empathy for what people go through um, to say what they say, their experiences before, and also just to, like you said, every decision to get up to this point right it's like it's not just the the songs they made it's like bro the decision making the the like careful tightrope walk Mm -hmm. that they just did every day i went on a press tour with big sean years ago he did dark sky paradise Mm -hmm. and uh and you know we would be journalists so they would come to us like whatever any point in the day dudes come three hours late four hours late dudes be tired whatever and i'm like you just just answer some questions because i just want what i what i want i went on a press tour with him holy shit 
just watching the work behind the music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so the music is this small chapter of the, the music industry. Mm-hmm. Everything else that came with it had me being like, this is one day. Mm-hmm. Like, th- like, just this. One day, bro. I just seen an interview, bro, that just came out that I did um, back in Art Basel. Mm-hmm. In Miami, it just came out yesterday, right? And my hair was like, my, I didn't have a haircut, right? And I was just like fresh off the plane and hella shit, right? Just, But I was running late, mm. right? But I was watching the interview and I was like, people have no idea what I went through to make it to this interview on time. Like, no, like they just literally like... We just watch. Just watch, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But you have no idea on like... <laughs> The Uber I missed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The flight that was delayed. Yeah. Like, all the things that, like, go into it. So I say all that to say being a rapper, bro, it's made me very empathetic to other rappers, and it's made me respect uh, rappers, um, no matter even if I don't like them as a person or not, mm-hmm. or like certain things that they do. Um, I, I truly think, like... I hate this. He's one of them, right? Drake's the GOAT, Mm. right? Because to be in this game and deal with everything you got to deal with in this game and for him to remain... A level of sanity, right? At that level of, Mm -hmm. like, this long and constantly get up and do it, it's like you got to be cut from a different cloth, bro. Like, it take a lot of energy to be a... Like, I did in one week in New York what most rappers ain't going to do in a career. Mm. Like like Flex, Sway. Yeah. Uh, these ain't verses from the album. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? This yeah. is thought out. How could I cut through? Because everybody go up here and rap. What can I do to be the thing that make me stand? All this goes into it. The you Flex freestyle is so crazy. All these different things. So it's like when you go through it, you just really become like a appreciative of other people's time and process and mm-hmm. you try not to waste people's time and call them hey, I think I got this song like no I'm calling when I know I got the song because <laughs> I know everybody who think they got the song and called you already Yeah, you know what I'm saying so it's it's a lot but I love it like bro said I, I wouldn't trade it for the world mm-hmm. and um, it's nothing better than knowing how to do something so you could strip this from me they could take everything from me, my money, my chains, my cars, my record. I know how to go get it back. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what to do to go get it back. They can't take that from me. How do I say this without it sounding like whack? Because I'm really just dying to know what Dave Chappelle said to you. Like, that's like, yeah. that's really part of it. But I'm curious for both of y'all. Nah, like, Dave, like, um, advice or like, that you said, like having these moments with people, whether it's another artist you're working with, a Dave Chappelle, like, wow, I'm, I'm hearing this information and not, but I know this is like a one-on-one thing and I never heard this before, like an advice or moment that yeah. you're like, that's in this tier because of what you do and where you're at right now. Yeah, Dave gave me a lot of game just from a, um, watching him as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. So Dave took a liking to my freestyles through um, two of my homies, Cass and uh, Brian, and they passed it on to him and that's kind of how we got connected and became cool. So anytime I see him, like I seen him at the Warriors game, I was doing the halftime show. And he was like, me and Chris here tomorrow. Like, come through. Mm. Like, come through 
kick it with him backstage and everything like that. So I'm always like receiving game from him from like a um, just watching him as a performer. Right. And as a strategist, like mm. really know how to make things land. Right. But it goes back to that human behavior conversation. Yeah. Mavi, for you, uh, is there an experience, moment, advice, um, a connection that you feel like is really present in the moment you're in now? My main recent motivating moment hasn't even been with no other artists and stuff. Um, it's been like with crowds lately. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like that, like that story I was telling you about when I got in the car accident, I came back on tour. I was having a moment on stage. I don't be having moments on stage too much because like a formula kind of. But I was like, I was like Houston. Like you know, I would, I would, I would literally die to be here. I was like, no, y'all don't understand. I would die to be here. And then, like from then on, like I've been rapping different. <laughs> mm, like for where I was like, bro. I, I literally came to a conclusion on tour. I was like, I would die to rap. Like, I would die to rap. That sounds crazy because you can't rap when you're dead. Mm-hmm. But like, if that was a thing, I would <laughs> I would throw it all the way to be able to do this. Damn. And so once I adopted that abandon through the connection, like in the crowd's eyes, like seeing how people is transformed by, by my performance and how I'm transformed by seeing them be transformed, Wow. That breathed a whole separate new life. Like, that made me know when I'm making this album, I'm I'm going to make 40 albums. I used to be the guy like, remember I was telling you, like, some of the things that make you work the hardest is planning to quit. Mm, like, yeah, knowing yeah, when yeah, you can yeah, be yeah, done. Yeah. But I kind of got out of that with rap recently. I used to be a guy like, okay, when I turn 49, that's it. I probably won't be releasing commercial projects. But I'm never not going to be done rapping. Like, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, never. And uh, I realized that through just those kind of connections with the audience members. That's real. I think um, my motivating factor would be, like, understanding I'm one of them. Mm. Mm. And what I mean by one of them is, like, when you on the come up, you look at... um people who's more successful than you in the field that you're in and you feel like you like you're not a part of that right so it's times where like I've been like when I first uh got the studio with Dr. Dre right like the whole way there I'm stressed if I'm if like my outfit is lit enough word I know what you're talking about you know what I'm saying yeah and it's like you get there and your outfit is not even a subject it in goes here. away like like almost. it's not even like nobody's looking at you out. You're here <laughs> because he wants you here to rap. You're here for a reason. You're yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. You're here to do work. Yeah. So knowing that, like when I'm around certain people, I met Elon Musk. And he's like, that's hey, crazy. Hey, you're that draft, and I'm like, oh shit. Like, you know me? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it is, but that's validating to know, like, okay, these people know me. I got to perform at that same level. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not competing with them niggas I was beefing with around the corner from the crib right. seven, eight years ago. Like, this my competition now. Mm. So knowing that, like, when I see somebody win that rap Grammy of the Year award, that shit pissed me off now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm i supposed to get that. Before, I used to feel like, oh, must be nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now it's like, 
no, nah, that's mine. Mm. Like that belonged to me, bro. You you took that from me. You, you know what I'm levels, saying? Yeah. Oh, let me go back to work. Let me show you what you took from me. No, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's what motivates me is just like knowing like I'm one of them. Yeah. I mean, guys, um, I really only got one more for you. I'm like, you both are coming off of like crazy years, right? Um, and you guys have had like an interesting journey to get here, whether it was like kind of bubbling through the weird times of like everyone being inside having to contend with the way the internet and social media is constantly changing as artists, being rappers that rap at a time where that feels, I don't know, it's its, it's not the most common thing today, which is yeah. very crazy. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't spend too much time on that part. But <laughs> for you all going forward, like, how are you guys going to bring that energy going forward into this year? And if there's anything that you guys have coming up, I'm curious what it is. Yeah, for me, I'm working on um, a lot of new music. I just filmed my first movie. Mm. Um, yeah, real big movie role with a big actor. Yeah. Um, so that was very exciting for me. But for this year, it's, it's more music. And one thing that, um, you know, was part of my New Year's resolution, really part of last year, too, that I'm getting a lot better at is the business, understanding the business of everything, right? Because I got tired of having conversations, and I was basing my conversations off of opinions. Mm. You know what I mean? And I remember having this one conversation where I had the facts because I did the research and I just parked somebody and shut them up by mm -hmm. having the facts. And I was like, that felt good. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I need to learn every corner of this thing. So when anybody got something to say to me, I could park their ass how I just parked him. Mm. You know, so um, getting better at the business of it and getting more savvy as a businessman with it. Um, but other than that, more music, movies, and just continuing to sharpen my my sword, man. Yeah. Hell yeah, basically the same thing. So if I ain't in no movie though, <laughs> 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 nah, uh, just uh, I I started working on next plate, next offering. Yeah. Y'all, uh, I'm excited about it. It's my best one. Working on it while on tour, or yeah. I think uh, dropping this last one, you ever had this feeling like as soon as you drop, you like, damn. I should have did. Yeah, it's like when you're turning a test and you like, did I put B? I meant to put C. I did, bro. <laughs> you heard Sauce Walker album? Yeah. Mm. So I had an idea last year. I was like, what if I just rapped on straight soul samples? Mm -hmm. Right? I was like, no drums, no nothing, just the sample, right? I'm like, don't nobody wear that shit. And then I heard Sauce do it. I said, damn. Yeah, I said, he yeah. did it. He, <laughs> he did it. Like, so I know exactly what you mean. So damn near. On this next one, I just want to cover a specific base that I feel like I stepped over on the last album. Mm, okay. And I'm like, I'm punching niggas down with the bars this album. Because yeah. I felt like uh, I got pretty on the last album. And that did, that did stuff. But on this one, I want everybody to know, like, hey, bro, like, I'm not here just because, like, I'm a cool guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm up here. I do this. I'm, I'm very good at it. I'm real mm -hmm. good at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I want to get in my show-off bag a little bit. But I also want to hit the wide open corner three on this one, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's, I've just been working on that. I'm, got, I'm going on my first tour. Yes, sir. And U.S., Europe, Laughing is a Heart of Hurts tour. Come see me, man. Pop out. Uh, up, yeah, I'm excited about everything. Uh, last year did more for me than I could have ever asked of it, or wow. I could have ever expected. So, 
Yeah, 2022 don't owe me nothing. Yeah. But 2023, we we need everything. <laughs> For sure. For Guys, sure. man, this is um this is one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. Thank you, man. <laughs> really. This like, is one of mine too. I love having just honest convo. You love the music, right? Um, and you kind of have this idea, especially like me and Mavi know each other really loosely before, but you have this idea of um, who the person is behind it. But this is the first extended conversation I've had with either of you. And I'm like, oh, all right, I get it. Mm-hmm. And it's the pieces behind the music, the decision making, the life talk, all of it. It's like, this is my favorite like tone of conversation. And it's crazy, not to cut you off, it's crazy that he was saying like he felt like he stepped over apart because I felt that same way. Mm. Like sometimes I feel like um like I went back and watched all my interviews from my press runs and was feeling like, damn, why didn't I say that in the song? Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, why didn't I do that? I should have made this song feel like that interview. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's trial and error. We learn there's no blueprint to it and we we figure it out as we go. Guys, man, I want to thank you both for spending some time with me, pulling up to the Rap Caviar podcast for set, man. Us. Yeah, this is it, man. Thank y'all. Let's thank get you, it. Man. All right, so you guys heard it. That is it for this week's episode of the Rap Caviar podcast. Make sure you follow and hit the bell so you can stay tuned in. And see y'all next week.